listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Good evening, this is Shereen Rice of Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. This is a live show, so you can call me and you can call in at 917-889-8078 to talk to myself or our guest, my guest. Um, if you're listening tonight and would like to get in touch with me after the show, I have an email that you can uh, send an um, email to. That's shereencwr at gmail.com. Let me spell that out for you. S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Okay, I want to do a shout-out tonight to Ashley Martledge. I know I did one last week to her as well because of her experience or her talk over at UVU at the Domestic Violence Conference. But um, she sent me a great article, which we are going to touch on tonight, on religious trauma as well. This is an area uh, that truly needs to be explored, and so we might be uh, discussing that somewhat. I just wanted to also announce that Ashley will be speaking at the Southern Utah DV Conference. That's uh, June 7th and 8th at Chuacon. And she'll be the opening keynote speaker and she'll be addressing the hidden messages in help seeking. I'd like to remind everyone that our show is every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 p.m. Central. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want a direct link to those services, you may go to the CWR homepage on the website at cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. And we're going to go to a public service announcement. Be right back. My savings are gone. Okay, where were they last? Here, right before I spent them on that vacation to Aruba. Weird. Not weird. Not saving now means no money later. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. Again, this is Shereen Rice. Okay, so I need to share with you some technology uh, glitches. Um, As anyone who's been listening to my show for any length of time knows that once in a while I get kicked out of the studio um, directly, and so I call in. (laughs) <laughs> and I got kicked out before the show started. So all is good <laughs> when you get kicked out before the show starts. Okay, um, and a little bit about my um, guest tonight. I was going to have Shannon. Shannon is a single mom who has endured abuse at the hands of her uh, now ex-husband. And she was going to share with us her experiences in healing and what worked for her and that process. Uh, the problem is it... And this is very common among all um, victims. What the problem is, is they're all very fragile. And they're at a different place in their life. 
And so sometimes they can um, deal with it, and sometimes uh, talking on the radio or talking about it kind of scares them. So what I have done is I have invited Cassie back. Hey, Cassie. Hello. Or Cassandra. Do you like Cassandra? Cassandra is a client. Cassie, Cassandra. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, it's, sure. I, I've been called many different names. Um, I introduced <laughs> myself as Cassandra. So <laughs> okay, Cassandra. All right. So yeah. um, anyway, um, and we were talking about uh, you uh, being frightened about possibly last week. Was it last week um, when we were talking? Yeah. And the fears that you had. Why don't you share that with us real quick? Um, well, I was instantly honored and excited to have you think of me wanting to be part of the show. Um, and then I had those self-doubt um, insecurities that had been developed from past um, bad relationship with my ex. Um, that my my word isn't true, my word isn't reality, um, and nobody cares about my opinion or my feelings. Right. So right. some of those triggers kicked on. And had you not um, kind of put me more on the okay, in 30 minutes this is happening, I didn't get a chance to, like, bolt and run away because then if you have too much time <laughs> to think about it, then the anxiety kicks in and then you're up. So, um, and I don't know why we need to think about it differently, though. Like, we just need to talk like we're talking on the phone with each other because you and I can right. carry on a conversation until the cows come home. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. We can go forever. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. With Mel as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, yeah. But she's another day. But anyway, so, yes, um, I completely agree. And I have to share that when I first started, it made me very nervous because I was learning the new um, the, the new program, you know, the, the studio, and um, I want to make sure I did everything right. And, and then it started bouncing me out of the system, and I'm... <laughs> I don't think it was my first show it did that. And I'm the only host it does it to. I don't know why, but it, I'm of a blessed one. Anyway, so I had to come up with techniques of uh, what to do. So, of course, my when I had a technology glitch. But so that added to my stress, you know what I mean? I was like, are you kidding me? My first show, right. I get bounced out. <laughs> that, so it was great. But anyway, so Ashley, I don't know if you know Ashley, you probably don't. She's going to be speaking at um, my domestic violence conference here in in um, southern Utah. It's actually in Ivins at Tuacon on June 7th and 8th. But um, she sent me a, an, an article today on religious trauma. Now, that's not religious abuse. There's a difference between the two. Um, let's explain uh, religious abuse, and uh, let me have you explain it to your ability, and then I'll add to that, Cass. Uh, of religious abuse? Abuse, not trauma. Just a religious abuse, usually by your abuser. Mm. Did yours ever, ever use it? If not, I can I can go on forever on that one. Gosh. <laughs> um, I see religious abuse is a brand new term for me. Okay. Um, I think when you and I talked about it one time on the phone once, and you were like, "What? Your mom just did that's abuse. That's religious abuse." Um, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was that I was telling you um, yeah. that happened. Um, I do know that my ex he would go through phases of in and out of being active and inactive. 
and it's hard for you to stay active when he's not. So you right. fall out of it being active at the same time. Um, you know, he just he would try to Bible bash with me, but I can't think of anything specific. Maybe you start it off, and then light bulbs will kick in. Okay, absolutely. So uh, religious abuse is something that your uh, abuser, usually your husband, will use against you. Uh, for me, mine would be like, why do you go to that? Why do you go to church? God doesn't exist anyway, you know, and start battering me like that. Um, and trying to condition my mind to believe, oh, there is no God, right? Which is hard to mm-hmm. do when when you have as strong faith as I do. But um, like a friend of mine, her husband would always throw scriptures up. You're not doing this and you're not doing that. Here's a scripture, here's a scripture, here's a scripture. And, um, and then there's the third-party abuse, which is inadvertent, but also adds to the trauma, is when a preacher will step in and actually kind of take the side of the abuser. Right. But that's actually the trauma, not the religious abuse. The religious abuse is intentional. And as we know that um, abusers have one uh, thing in mind, and that is power and control over their victim. And so uh, they will use uh, religious abuse. They'll use the scriptures. They'll use um, anything that has to do with God in it um, to get that power and control over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I experienced that one a little bit more with my mother, but she has a, a personality disorder that's not legally diagnosed because personality disorders are very, really impossible to be able to tell the patient that they are diagnosed, but it has been confirmed to me um, and a couple of other family members um, with the therapist when we were doing family therapy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. She uh, chastised me in front of the kids. My my kids, my son's ten and my daughter's seven, and um, my son linked his fingers up to my hands and said, "Grandma, you need to stop lying, and you're being a bully." <laughs> and and the truth was, my mom, um, with her her personality disorder, maybe her reality was, but in a, in our reality, because we don't have the personality disorder, um, it wasn't real. Uh, And so I, you know, I had to break the two up, basically, my son and my mom fighting. Yeah. Yeah, that's difficult. Okay, and so uh, I think what we'll talk about, because the last time you and I spoke, we talked about your healing already and your empowerment already. I I would like to talk about what Ashley sent me today on the religious trauma, if that's that's okay with you. Uh Uh-huh. Now, um, the, the thing about religious trauma, let me explain like this, is it's usually not someone who wants power and control over you. They're actually right. sometimes trying to help you, to be honest. And when they do, they, they traumatize they have you. Intent. Yeah, they, they have a righteous intent, and they traumatize you simultaneously. Now, um, it probably wouldn't be so bad if you weren't already traumatized by your abuser, but um, sometimes it's even when people don't have an abuser, they're being traumatized 
um, through uh, religious purposes. And um, the one I was reading um, was more of like um, LGBTQ, um, feeling like uh, you're a sinner because you have these uh, tendencies or or um, so forth, and and that God will never love you, you know, that type of thing. And so they are discriminated against a lot Absolutely. as far as mistreatment. And, and and who are we to say that, you know, God is going to love them more or less than anybody else? Because we're all his children, and he's going to love us all the same. Right. But it does happen, and people um, do do that. Now, I know a lot of people who have – I have one friend who is a Baptist, and she went to talk to, talk to her preacher about her relationship with her husband. She's trying to explain to him that um, he was being abusive, and his response to her was, this is your cross to bear in this life. Mm. And so she – uh, of course, has traumatized her. She was just beside herself. You know, what do you mean I have to be abused for the rest of my life because this is what I chose? Right. And and so they don't really get the whole picture. They, you know, it, there is a time when you, you need you to, to leave. About, there's a, you have to think about Christ. Christ, right. um Christ has never been okay with wrong. Right. And Christ was never afraid to to ruffle feathers and upset right. people if it was wrong. Right. Right. I like that about him. And, <laughs> I do love that about and him. Christ is absolutely not okay with someone being abused. He doesn't care if it's a man, a woman, a child. He doesn't matter right. if he doesn't care if it's about the color of skin or their sexual orientation or preference. Right. Right. He asks you to love everyone. And also, what about the other passage of um, the, the casting stones? So, right. it's not um, exactly. That's judge. actually one of my favorite. Who's who's your um, who's your abuser now, or who's you know uh, speaking against you now? I don't see anyone here. <laughs> he does without sin. For it cast the first stone, they all left. I love that I love it a lot Um, And I I, I work with women And I can gossip And I write write myself You know You you point one finger at that person You've got four others pointing right back at you So (laughs) Right Right Yeah I was Um what I have seen mostly is that the Savior is very, very merciful, very, very loving, very, very caring, and wants us to feel happy all the time and wants us to deal with life the best we can with his help, of course, and and do just the best we can. And, I mean, we'll be doing just the best we can. Absolutely. We can't really ask for more than that. I think we get judged more harshly when there's things that we are brought to knowledge of 
that we aren't doing good in an area and we choose to not try to improve upon it. Then those who have, you know, a ton of flaws, but they are seeking the help that they need. Well, we all have a ton of flaws, I think. I think I am more uh, more difficult on myself, harder on Absolutely. myself than than the Savior would ever be. Right. And, so, and that's also part is, of forgiveness, too, is you need to learn how to forgive yourself. Yeah. You need to, well, you and need then to believe that the Savior's died for you. Yeah. Also, I look at sometimes um, religious trauma as perception. Mm-hmm. Perception of what the other person is saying, and remember, okay, so I I have this problem. I think everybody has a good heart and has good intentions, and I believe that these people do as well. And so, if we can put ourselves in their shoes and say, I understand why they would say that, coming from the position that they're in, and so forth. What are your thoughts on that? <clears throat> You know, when you were talking, there was kind of a couple of thoughts that came through into my mind of experiences that I had personally gone through. Um, when I was knowing that I needed to leave my my abuser at the time, my husband at the time, um, I had gone to my mom crying and saying, I don't know what to do. And she had encouraged me to stay because he was, the patriarchs for my family and he, he, the kids were quote unquote still to his first wife in our religion. They believe that we are married for eternity. Um, and it's through a ceiling and he had been married before and he was married to her for eternity with them. And then they got legally divorced here on earth. And he and I had not had that feeling, um, on earth. And so my mom had told me that I was if I didn't get married to him and still have our children together, that the children would be still to his second wife. They and would what? I Say that again. Still to, that my my children that I birthed would have be still to my ex husband now my ex husband, but husband at the time and his ex wife that he had them still to. And what do you believe? Because I'm going to share with you what I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was part of why I stayed longer, is because I. You, you trust your parents on what they say. You don't doubt what they tell you, you know? Right. Um, so I did stay longer, but I look at it now on, in, like, God's eyes, and I, I think that Christ wouldn't be okay with me not having the blessing of my children being with me in the eternities. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the one who's praising them. I'm the one who's loving them. I'm the one who's educating them on religion and prayer and being a good person and taking them to counseling on a weekly basis. Hey, Cass, put your mouth a little bit closer to the mic if you can. Okay. Hold on. Okay, there we go. No, that works better right there. Does it? Yeah. Okay. So, um... So say that again, that, everything, just because I missed, I missed some of it because it was a little bit oh. distant. Sorry. Uh, That's okay. I don't know where I was leaving off, but um, I feel like I look at it on the Christ-like side, and I can't imagine Christ would allow the children that I am raising 
that I make sure that they have clothes and food and education right. and counseling and therapy and being taught religion um, to be not with me for eternity, but to be with um, a stranger from a previous marriage to be with them for eternity. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you why I disagree with your mom as well. Um, number one, let's look at it this way. Um, not that I am judging, but abusers don't have a whole lot of chance in hell of making it to heaven in my book. <laughs> so I don't know why they would be with him at all because they have to do a lot of repenting. And mm-hmm. um, children always go with the mother anyway. Yeah. Literally, you sacrificed your life to have them, and you are the closest to death when you're birthing anyway. Yes. 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 And, and oh. I do genuinely believe those things, too. But like I said, it took after being divorced for several years before I uh, found that to be truth for me. Right, right. And so that was a little bit traumatizing as well on a religious end. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, now you think if we're not sealed, to, if I'm not sealed to this man that's really abusive to me, then my children will be sealed to him and his ex-wife that he was divorced with in this life. Mhm. And she's now passed away or no? No. Nope, she's alive. Okay. All right, and she's not trying to get a temple divorce at all? Um, I think she asked to have um her names removed from the records actually. Oh, I think she I think she be cho- she became LDS because of my ex-husband. And fell and fell away because he used abuse with a religion on her. Right. Right. And sometimes uh, people, yeah, that happens. People don't believe in the religion and they, it it doesn't matter which one, they sometimes just join for the other person. And that's Mm -hmm. not something we should be doing either. You need to believe in what you, what you sign up for. Yeah, don't do something for somebody else. You need to do it for your own. And if you right. support them in doing it, then support them in doing it. But that doesn't mean you need to change you. You'll end up resenting right. that person and regretting the decision down the road. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is, on the religious trauma thing, is a religion is kind of, it's not a man-made thing. It's actually a God-made thing. But the thing is, is humans uh, run it and are a part of it and lead. And sometimes um, pastors and and reverends and bishops and preachers and, po- and priests and all of that um, make bad choices when talking to victims. And right. maybe it's just a word choice. Maybe it's a, a, an action Lack choice. Of training. Lack of training, absolutely. And um, I can't tell you how important that is. The only thing is, is they're not therapists. 
Um, And I'm not saying a therapist would be a better choice either. Sometimes therapists that have never had experience with domestic violence themselves make poor choices as well. And when, when talking about, uh, about the marriage. Well, that's kind of like the way I look at it is you wouldn't go talk to a heart specialist about going deaf. Right. You talk to the right kind of specialist. So, right. you know, just because they're a therapist, they might be fantastic in things that they were educated on. But if they don't have experience and knowledge and training in right. violence or religious abuse, they're mm-hmm. probably not the right one to be talking to. Right. Well, and, and ecclesiastical leaders are not either sometimes, I'm thinking. I agree. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people being traumatized by ecclesiastical leaders. And so what what my admonition is, is to be patient with those that are trying hard to make the right comments and to have a perception of understanding that they, they may say the wrong thing. Right. And, um, and it will be traumatizing and hurtful. And um, I know for myself, I, I, I think that I, people a lot of times have to, they have to forget that when they look at a religion, they, they look at it as it's God's church. And it's yeah. true. Any religion that's Christian based, they're going to say it's God's church. Yeah. Um, but it's still ran by men and yeah. we are human. We have not reached exaltation to the point of Godhood. Yeah. And so they are going to make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes that they make are for their learning and growth opportunities. And sometimes those mistakes are for our opportunities to grow ourselves. I believe very much that that happens. And I I have to agree as well. Sometimes we learn from hurting someone else accidentally what not, how not to say something. And um, a lot of times, a lot of times people, you know, um, that are trying hard, have been traumatized themselves at some point in their life. And so they're trying hard to uh, be patient or, or, you know, say the right thing, and they still say the wrong thing. But if everyone can keep in mind, I love this part, that the Savior is all-merciful, all-loving, and our Heavenly Father adores us more than anything in the world. And he would do absolutely anything to bend over backwards to help us be successful in this life. That um, it would make make it easier if our perceptions, but when we're in trauma, though, our perception is extremely skewed. Extremely skewed. And in fact, um, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I requested to go to a different um, congregation because I really needed support, and um, I had a lot of friends that gave me that support in this other congregation, and it was approved, of course. And I That's had wonderful. friends in the other congregation, just people that I, you know, kind of just knew, 
but not really close that I've known for years. Does that make sense? The other Absolutely. one, the other congregation I had been in uh, years earlier, I worked with some of them at the school district. I was friends. I could talk to them freely. Um, it was it was just wonderful. Yeah. And that's what I needed for me. And in my research, I am finding that um, a peer support um, of someone who uh, has been through similar circumstances as yourself in, um, mm-hmm. in domestic violence is actually better than therapy. And oh, the it's been fantastic. Is, well, yeah. And, and, you know, you're in a group with me as well, and we can talk about anything, you know. And yes. you feel, and we feel safe to do so. Uh, but just like I was in this um, uh, group called ARMS, uh, Abuse Recovery Ministry Services, it's out of Portland. Um, it wasn't online, of course, but it was um, one that you would go and learn and blah, blah, blah. And... Um, you know, it's the only place, and I've said this before, so this is no secret. It's the only place I could go and say, hey, does anybody else want to kill their spouse, or is that just me? And they're like, oh, no, we all do. We all do. Don't even worry about it. We all feel we all want to do that at some point. We just want a marriage. And that is what this one sister says. We just believe very strongly in the Mack truck syndrome. And I said, well, what's that? And she goes, we just pray that a Mack truck runs them down. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So. So I did uh, use that as a title of one of my chapters, the Matt Truck Syndrome. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know. I loved it. It was great. And it is true. Um, victims do feel homicidal and suicidal um, at times, and so they need that support. They need people to say, hey, you know what, honey? Guess what? I've been there. I know where you're at. Let's work on this together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's move yep. past this together. I can help you. You're I've not crazy. You know. Those are normal symptoms. Right. Right. Yep. It was great. It was great. And so that's why it's great. Um, you know, the, the online um, groups that we have that are secret and closed, uh, we can talk about just about anything that we need to talk about. And, and we feel safe in doing so. And so that's, that's, a, that's an absolute plus. Okay, girly, I'm going to go to a public service announcement, and I'll be right back, okay? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electrosynth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we were... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council.
Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Hey, welcome back. This is Shereen, and I am talking with Cassandra from uh, Northern Utah, and I'm in Southern Utah. We're talking about religious trauma, not religious abuse. There's a difference. Religious trauma, and it's trauma that comes from uh, what we like to believe is um, goodwill people trying to help victims um, feel good about everything and um by the word choice or or whatever they you they end up re victimizing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but one thing that I was reading also, um, Cass, is that though the scientific research on this is very minimal, if at all any, um, that it does cause it, it is expected to cause a lot of PTSD, anxiety, self-doubt, feelings of social uh, inadequacy, and so forth. Is a few of the things that have been discussed on that issue. Right. Have you felt anything? Um, have you you've had um, religious abuse, right? I've had, say that again. We're cutting out. You've had religious trauma, correct? Mild, yes. Yeah, mine was, oh, I don't know. I had one that was pretty intense, but um, it was, that was it. I've always had very, very, very good experiences um, with my ecclesiastical leaders. Um, I actually had one who said, you know what, please forgive me. I don't know much about this and I don't I don't know what to do to help you. So you're gonna to have to help me help you. I mean, how awesome was that? Right. And you were in a you in the youth at that point? In the youth? Uh no. It was it was it was me, um and it was right after I left my my ex husband. Mm. It was before I was divorced, I was still married and um and I explained to him you know, how beat up I was and, and what transpired completely. And he said, you know, got your back, basically. I'm going to help you through this, but um, you're going to have to help me because I don't know anything about it. Wow. Yeah, I know. Very insightful in my book. And, um, you know, he uh, he recommended as much church involvement as possible, attending the temple if I could. Or, you know, uh, as much as possible, as far away as we were. But um, he did. So because I was so traumatized, I would go to church for the first five minutes, the first couple of times, and then I would leave just bawling because I was so traumatized by my abuser. And then I would go again, you know, every week I'd go and spend five minutes more leaving hysterically not because of anything that was said. It's just I was still trying to process all the horrible things that had happened to me because I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I absolutely couldn't wrap my brain around it. I was right. in so much PT, uh, so much trauma. It wasn't even funny. And, and at that time, he was continuing the trauma by threats and 
text messages and all sorts of trauma. And so that being said, I, um, you know, I was still not, I was still in the thick of the abuse really. Right. Um, and it actually became, and we, we both know this, it becomes exponential when you're not with them because they don't have control anymore. Right. And so that was really difficult. But um, so each week I'd go five minutes longer and five minutes longer and, you know, it got to the point where I could actually make it through three hours of um, our religious um, meetings. And, um, and, and they became a, a source of help, actually, for me. And uh, clarity. Uh, believe it or not, one time I, was, I told the bishop, I said, I need to talk to you after uh, all the meetings. He said, yeah, not a problem. And everything I was going to talk to him about was completely cleared up. And, and everything during, um, during Sunday school, everything that I needed to hear was, was discussed. Mhm. It was great. So Always sometimes like I was just going to say sometimes religion can be very very helpful, though I do understand how it can be traumatizing. I have experienced that. Um I absolutely have experienced that, but I've also had the flip side. I've had absolute great experiences as well. Yeah, um <clears throat> There's a a box that when I've looked up religious trauma, um, there's an image of a box. And inside of it, it says, some people will only love you if you fit into their box. Don't be afraid to the point. Yeah. And I think that's where sometimes the LGBTQ comes in. But also, you know, um, single parents, uh, single people sometimes struggle being inside the box. I know a lot of single women who feel uh, they don't belong in church or, you know, in their religious uh, organization. And I feel bad. Yep. I, I agree. They, because inadvertently there be, they, some have been traumatized by other members. Yes. Of their congregation. I mean, it's not just leaders. <laughs> it's inadvertent people who know nothing about trauma. <laughs> yep. And uh, it was sad. It was very sad that, and, and I'm sure it's, oh, I pray that it's not intentional. I do. I pray that's not intentional, but it does happen. Realistically, and if it, it is happen. intentional, you have to remind yourself that, that's not what God would want them to say, that they are humans. That's true. We ha- we can't blame God for allowing free agency. Right, right. And, you know, like I told my students today, I said, you know, those who are offended when offense is intended is a fool. And the student said, what if offense is intended? I said, then the person who's trying to offend the other one is the fool. Yes. <laughs> true. Yeah, I know, and he stopped talking right about that, so it was good. <laughs> good. <laughs> but anyway, so, yes, um, you know, you have to understand that, uh, unfortunately, people will be people, and and they hopefully if they have a religious background that they're not going to be intentionally um, mean or uh, offensive. But 
I do know that they are inadvertently offensive at times, and and they don't mean to be. Right. I I know that um, when I was um, <clears throat> expecting my first child, um, I it was out of wedlock, and I came to support my brother uh, receiving the priesthood, and I wasn't a part of my parents' congregation. I had been out of their congregation into my own church same faith but just a different church um for seven years and this woman happened to be the bishop's wife and I didn't know who she was at the time and she wrapped her arms around me and said I'm so grateful that the lost sheep has finally come back and that's what she was saying to me referring to me being pregnant out of wedlock Oh. And then, yeah, and then she continues, well, I sure hope that you're marrying this guy so this child actually has a true chance at life. Oh. And she didn't know my story. She may have heard sto- my, my uh, something from my mom or my dad, but that's now my parents' story, not my story. Right. If that makes sense. And right. that doesn't make you feel welcoming into the fold. <laughs> no. And nor does it make you a lost sheep because you would still continue your activity in the ward that you were in. Absolutely. And so I'm not I'm not seeing the lost sheep thing except for, you know, what, what she perceives. Right. Well, so not the story in, of itself. I thought I had married the guy, but we found, I found out later on that he we weren't legally married because he was still married to someone else. So, and that wasn't shared with my family because they didn't care to know the truth. They wanted to make up their own judgments. Um, so there was a lot of religious trauma, religious judgment yeah. that they used. Yeah. So, and I love them. They're good people, and I think that their intents are meant to be good. But um, my sister definitely has shared in her opinion that she has felt um, religious abuse. Yeah, and what did she say? Um, she just feels that the way we were raised and the culture that we were in, um, that it was forced upon you, and um, if you didn't do oh. what you had to read them, you, you had to be good at reading the parents' mind. There was there's there's psychological abuse on in addition to the religion um in the in my parents household so it's kind of hard to decipher between the two if that makes sense and i have seen that before i have seen that before but she's she she's actually anti-religion because of the trauma that she felt with hers um she doesn't say she doesn't believe in god but she she believes that there's a higher be higher power, but she um, is agnostic, basically. Well, at least uh, there's a higher power. So, I mean, you know, place to start. Yes. Well, that's awesome. And I told her, I said, my personal belief is, I don't care if you're you pray like the Catholics do to, um, to Jesus, or if you pray like a Mormon does to a heavenly father, or if you pray to your um, ancestors yeah, or like your ancestors, you know, 
or mm-hmm. if you believe in um, the book The Secret and the Universe. Um, <clears throat> I told her, I said, I think that whoever is up there, for me, it's God and Heavenly Father. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that he hears all of his children's thoughts and cries and prayers and needs. Right, right. I I agree with you 1,000% there. Yeah, I, I, well, I've always said this, and I said this from the beginning of the show. Yeah, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are the most merciful, caring, loving. I mean, <clears throat> if you've ever met someone who was like that just a hundredfold times that, and mm-hmm. that's how they are. They adore mm-hmm. us, the children. So I... <clears throat> Uh, it saddens me when people have some bad experiences, but you know what? That's their experiences, and, and it's valid. So, yep. And God is understanding about those uh, the validity of of their perception of what occurred. So, absolutely. All right, girly. Um, is there anything else you want to say on this subject? Gosh, no. I I apologize. I I. Wasn't prepared for this round. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, so just so everyone knows, I said Cass, <laughs> my my, and I sometimes have my own show by myself, which I'm really, I'm really good at talking to myself anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> it makes it good for a host, right? Um, but um, I'm like, can you get on right now? <laughs> I'll tell you when you get on why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what does she do? She calls and she gets on. She helps me out. So it was wonderful. <laughs> and I so thank you for your help. It was wonderful. And then when I had the um, technology uh, fupa at the beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh, I already I have to get my cord for my phone. I have to call in. She's probably calling right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help. Um, the religious um, trauma and religious abuse is probably one of the least knowledge um, and experience that I've, I've looked into because mm-hmm. I have I have chosen to look at it in a perspective for me on that those that the people that have inflicted that upon me are human and they are not in in a godhood. They are not part of the. They are not have reached to that level. And right. that they're human, so their opinion. What they're saying to me is their opinions, and everybody's allowed to have their opinions. Um, and I don't have to choose to let their negative opinions um, affect me because that's their problem, their their religion, their relationship between them and their God. I right. have my beliefs between me and my Maker. Does that make sense? Right, it does. It does. So, and um, so I don't. I haven't let that one hurt me too much or affect me too much, um, because I just remind myself that you know I'm not going to a church for the congregation. I'm going to the church to feel the spirit. Yeah, feel the spirit and learn things um, for yourself. Absolutely, for my own personal growth. Okay, that being said, you need to help me get Mel on the show in a couple of weeks or whatever. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I think she has a – I think when she starts to voice everything, I think um, she will have a lot of settled um, feelings because sometimes I think we just need to get it out. 
helped. I know it helped me a lot last week. That whole week I had had a really hard week. I would try to go to work and I would go into my boss and just say, I'm, I need to use my FMLA. This is just, I'm, I'm struggling today and I don't know what's going on. She's like, I can tell you struggled this whole week. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. She's like, well, sometimes you just need to go home. I said, yeah, but at some point you have to get back on your own two feet and strive forward too. And I'm like, and I can't find that balance yet. And I think you're doing great. So, with how many children do you have at home? I have two. And you're raising them on your own? Yeah, 100% um, as of October. Um, their father okay. has had zero contact with them since October. Um, mm. And, you know, and then this week I already told you and Melissa um, that we found out that my son is legally um, hearing impaired in his right ear. Um, loud noises hurt him and make him sick and dizzy and give him really bad anxiety. Mm. Um, and high frequencies um, are painful to hear, um, or and then certain high frequencies are completely gone. Um, and that's in the right ear. And then the left ear, he has some mild deafness in the right ear. I mean, in the high frequencies of the left ear. Hey, just so you know, contact the school district, let them know what he's been diagnosed with. And they have experts um, that work in Salt Lake. Um, and they can help them out educationally. And it's my understanding that they also might have um, scholarships for, like, hearing aids and stuff like that. I don't know. That would be wonderful to look into. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to them. How I know is I had a friend that was in there for a while. She did it for a year or two or three. I don't know. And, um, And she told me about kind of what she did. And so, since he's brand new, they would definitely have to come down and mm-hmm. um, help him. So, all right, girlie, thank you very much for coming on. I love you, and thank you. I will talk with you later, okay? Okay, have a great night. You as well. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay, I want to thank all my listeners for listening tonight. I was expecting um, a young woman by the name of Shannon to come on, and she really want to share her voice on her healing techniques and what she did and what happened to her. And I think all victims, I like all victims to have a voice. It's so important um, that they have a voice because they feel that they don't. Uh, They feel they've been squelched so long. So it's not that they feel. They have been squelched by their abuser for way too long. And so... I don't mind giving them the opportunity to share their voice with um, my listeners because I think that's so important. Um, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope that you've learned something for yourself or maybe something for someone else that will help you in your recovery or help someone else in their recovery. That's kind of my goal. I'm so excited about that because my whole goal is, is all about healing and recovery and, um, and empowerment moving on. Okay, we'll get together next week at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, to learn more about domestic violence and abuse. Please stay safe. God bless in your recovery, your healing, your empowerment, and have a great week. Good night.